Welcome to the Batphone Podcast, where we talk about combat sports, comic books, gaming, pop culture, and anything else my friends want to talk about. Hosted by yours truly, Nick Batman Hughes. Alright, picking up the Batphone this week is my very good friend, a very long time friend, and, uh, you know, one of the... Apparently, one of the most mentioned on this podcast as well. Second most. The second most mentioned. Tony Caruso. Tony. How you Tony Caruso's, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Tony, Tony, Tony. We've probably known each other. We've known each other for over 10 years. Yes, it's been like 10 years. Like It's probably approaching 15 years now. We'll be about that because I think, like, I started jiu-jitsu when I was 18. Mm. And we met a little bit before that, because yeah. we met originally at the UniSA gym. Yeah, the McGill Uni gym. McGill Uni gym. And I was <laughs> you like, oh, can you put your, can you put my gear up here on the pull-up bars? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was taller than you at the time. and You've always been taller than me, Tony. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh my God, this is a, this is a joke. You were there talking and you were just like, yeah, I'm the... I'm the blue belt Australian champion in jiu-jitsu. Oh, wow. and I was like, oh my god, it was starry-eyed and everything. And so just... I must have just been coming off the the. I think they had the Australian Championship Cup. Yeah. And like I had an okay run, but I won the uh, the open weight. Mm. Won the open weight, and I talked about that with Tom Crosby as yeah. well. It's like I learned the lesson that no one's going for the big guy, regardless. Yeah. Like, well, it's the end of the day, and it's just you know David versus Goliath, and yeah. everyone's like, yeah, go for it, Nick. People I've never met, they just want me to win. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and I somehow scraped away with the victory, <laughs> and then Tom Crosby was like, yeah, but what about if you're the big guy in that scenario, <laughs> and everyone just hates you because you're picking on a little guy? Exactly. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's true, and it was a good perspective. Like <clears throat> for us open weight was stepping up to the yeah. open weight field you know but yeah. for him it's like yeah my weight well, class this is harder. what I do yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm not gonna beat up little guys yeah, that's it. yeah so yeah I think that was like the first time I met you and I was all like starry eyed and everything that's and then, ridiculous um like that was before I started jiu-jitsu but I would still do, still be doing judo for a little bit and then when I came to jiu-jitsu I was like oh my god that's the guy but I'm too nervous to go talk to him <laughs> <laughs> so I was like kind of like Stuck to myself for a little bit, and then yeah, um, just went from there eventually. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the way that I broached the topic was like, "Are you Greek?" <laughs> <laughs> and then I still do this to this day. Like, if if I meet you or if you come to the academy, I'm like, "Are you, are you Greek, man?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I am." And I'm like, "Well, you got to come to wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not coming to wrestling and you're Greek, then what the yeah, fuck are you doing?" Exactly. But, it's like uh, one thing that everyone everyone's always like, "Oh, your name it looks you know European," or just like. Yeah, it's Greek. I've seen how many S's are in the back of my name. Like, uh, yeah, people don't uh, automatically assume that I'm Greek considering yeah. my name is Nick Hughes. Mm. And then I'm like, my mum's name is Aphrodite. And they're like, oh, oh, I see. But Hughes entered an S. Ah, That's Greek. But it doesn't have two S's, like Hughes's. <laughs> oh, man. But look, I mean, in all honesty, like we became fast friends and mm. you became the original Robin. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the uh, Dick, big Dick Grayson, Tom Crosby was becoming Nightwing at yeah. the time and you became the original Red yeah. Robin. And like we became fast friends, you know what I mean? We became very close friends. Mm. And, you know, all credit to you because I was in the, I was in the throes of my absolute competitive lunacy at yeah. the time and like for for better or for worse i was a role model you got to see some of you know some very constructive very high level elite training systems and some very destructive 
uh, mental processes as well. And you got to see me at some extreme highs and some extreme lows. But <clears throat> beside all of that, it was reality. That was yeah. the reality of what I was going through at the time. And, you know, if it inspired you to do good things, I'm happy. Yeah. If it inspired you to walk your own path, then I'm really happy. Yeah. Because you've certainly achieved that like you are the poster child of coming out of your shell and forging positivity for yourself i mean in this life we're very much uh on the linear path right off the bat we're kind of put on a track immediately yeah we're with school with academia we follow this academic pathway and it's not for everyone you know what i mean you you do get funneled into a system that is curriculum based and, you know, being a teacher, you have to adhere to that curriculum and, and have these kids go through every single thing that every other kid before them has gone through. But when you find a modicum of success in that route, yeah. then you believe that it is the most successful route or it's going to be the most successful route in your life. So you follow it, you follow it, you follow it. You have academic success. Yeah. Everyone's telling you this is what you should be doing. Oh, you're really good because you're smart. Yeah. And, you know, you go through year 12, go through uni. And then you may end up hitting a phase in your life where you go, this isn't for me. This entire yeah. structure that has been built up around my pathways in my life, this isn't who I am. Mm-hmm. And then you have to find who you are. And you, you hear it's like a cliche yeah. thing, like finding yourself. yourself. Yeah. But some people need to go to extremes, extreme highs and extreme lows to find themselves and mm-hmm. find out what really matters to them before they start, again, forging a pathway of positivity. Because negativity is always present. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. quite a necessary uh, emotion and mindset to be in in order to realize what is positive. Mm-hmm. You have to acknowledge the negative. Right? You don't want to dwell on it, but you have to acknowledge that it exists in order for you to forge something positive. That doesn't mean that that's easy. Yeah. Right? Forging positivity is just that. You have to work incredibly hard to find it. And again, you've done that. And in, in my opinion, as someone who's seen you grow you know, for a very long time, the way that you've done that is through blunt truth and honesty about who you are and who you want to be and then when you've come to that reconciliation within yourself you can start exuding that and being a role model and a leader for others so you've done that with ninja warrior you've done it with jiu-jitsu you've done that with being a fitness industry leader and professional and leader by leading others into their goals that they want to do but not necessarily like just weight loss or just this or just that you've shown them through action you can step outside the box and do things you never thought that you could do climbing as well and then you know wearing your nerd on your (laughs) sleeve the same way that i do you know by coming back into cosplay and i want to get into all of this man because there's some extremely good lessons to be learned by the path that you've walked um and i know the path but you can illuminate the the you know the listeners to what exactly what i'm talking about so if we go back and talk about your you know, your build up and your lead up into, okay, so we've walked into the academy, you start yeah. doing jujitsu, and we start doing Batman, you know, Batman, Batman training workouts. sessions, Batman yeah. workouts and training extremely yeah. hard, you know, that set you on a path that ultimately led you to today. So please yeah. talk to me about it. Oh, all right. It's a, it's a story, but <laughs> I, like, I would go even further back beyond that. Like Definitely. that's where it started because like, 
Uh, originally, like I was born, I was born in Wyala. Mm-hmm. Right, you know that. Um, country, country kid, raised, and then I, like, I was born, and my dad was sick from day one. Like I never knew him as anything else but sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we, when I was seven, we moved to Adelaide, and then you know I started primary school in year three, and that was like I came into a new school. Knew nobody, like it was a pretty walk school, so everyone knew everyone. And then I was just there, just like, oh, I'm the, the new kid, like, mm. I'm the new, the only Greek kid here in this school, in a school full of mostly Italians, you know, I'm the only Greek kid here. So I had to learn, you know, how to sort of fit in. I did, I made some friends and all that sort of stuff, got bullied, picked on a little bit, and all that sort of stuff as you normally do. Um, and then when I was 11, it was in year seven, that's when my dad passed away. So that it's like a really hard time because you know year seven is like this final year of primary school you're like with your friends and then all of a sudden you're going to be going to a new school with even new friends and after that and you know slowly becoming a man like going into your teenage years and that sort of stuff and i didn't have a father figure to sort of go into that with mm-hmm. and you know in like my family is pretty religious and you know, follow a fair bit of religious beliefs and that sort of stuff so when dad passed away it was like oh you know you're not supposed to listen to music you're not supposed to go to movies, you're not supposed to like go out and celebrate, like you're supposed to mourn. So for that whole year, like I was basically cut off from a lot of people and like a lot of friends and didn't really do much that year. And then coming into year eight, you know, it was still like a year of mourning for me because you know, just lost my dad. And, you know, didn't, I struggled to make friends and, you know, was getting bullied pretty badly, getting picked on, just made to feel like shit day in, day out. And people around that age and around that time period have very you know low capacity to understand yeah, what they're going through. Like I was getting like picked on and bullied just because I didn't have a dad. Yeah, like, exactly. Like yeah. kids would kids like, are ruthless. Yeah, kids yeah. are ruthless and just just felt like such an outsider. And then it wasn't until about, you know, year ten you're 11 even, like, where I really started to actually find a group of friends that were like, hey, you're actually pretty cool, like, mm. hang out with us, and like, we want to hang out with you, like, you're a cool guy. Still friends with some of those people today, like, my best mates have been my best mates since that day, basically. Yeah. You know, like, they're awesome, those guys, so, um, that was when I sort of started going, all right, cool, like, I've actually got some friends now, and mm. went through the rest of high school and that sort of stuff, they would always give me shit because I was never like the fit guy. I would like, they would give me shit because I'd be, on, I'd be playing soccer and we during the warm-ups, go for a run around the oval and i get halfway and just have to start, stop and start walking. Running's not for everyone. No, exactly. <laughs> it's not me. I still say it now, it's just like, I can't run. Yeah. Put my shit mat and I'll roll for hours. I can swim more than I can run yeah. easily. I <laughs> like I say it to everyone, I'm just like, can't run, but put me on a jiu-jitsu mat, I'll go for hours. Yeah, yeah. Can't run 50 minutes. Anyway, that's not the point. So I was always getting like beaten up, bullied, picked on because I couldn't run, um, just couldn't, like I wasn't a physical specimen by any any sense of the word. And then um, around year 10, like when I started finding friends and that sort of stuff, that was when I started going to the gym and started yeah. developing an interest in like training and that sort of stuff. So I started doing it and you know, like, I was like, oh, you know, I'm starting to build some muscle. And then mm. everyone was just like, you're still weak. And put me down. And like, oh, you're I'm still like, weak. <laughs> I feel like, look, like, my arms are getting bigger. It's like, no, you're not. And, <laughs> so, and then um, I started getting more and more into that. And that was like, 
I think that's when I met you was right at the end of year 12 but just finished my exams and just started going to the yeah. the uni gym and um, like started to really sort of find my footing with that yeah because you were an athletic Greek kid you know in my eyes you know I wasn't, what I mean but <laughs> like back then I wasn't um, that's why I picked you <laughs> <laughs> it's the Robin story it, it is, is um, and then from there I I got out of high school, I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do with my time now? Like, I've got all this time, I want to do a sport, but I don't like team sports, I don't like all those ball sports or anything, like, let's go and start martial arts, mm. and, like, I'll, I'll wear my nerd on my sleeve again, and that was when I was like, oh, what martial arts should I do? And I was playing Tekken at the time, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, Capoeira! <laughs> Capoeira was always interesting, but it was, uh, it was actually Paul Phoenix, oh, I was yeah. like, He's got a mix of judo and karate. I was like, yeah. that's where I want to be. So I was like, all right, we'll start with judo. It's a nice grappling art. I like it. So I went and started judo. Did that for a little bit. Um, and then a year, about a year, year and a bit later, that's where I started doing jiu-jitsu. That's and, awesome. And then that's where I just fell in love with it. And it wasn't... Like I still remember my first role. My first role was against Tom Crosby. Flying arm bars me right off the bat. <laughs> Tom, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Don't flying arm bar the white belts. I was like, literally came in. I was like, first roll. I was like, oh, this guy is a blue belt. And at the time, I was like, oh yeah, belts mean everything. You know, he's a blue belt. He's one belt above me. Ah, oh, won't be that bad. <laughs> flying arm bars, arm bars me right off the bat. That's and terrible. Then, and then everyone's telling me the stories afterwards about Tom Crosby. I'm just like, what did I do? Don't worry, man. He's actually really good. <laughs> it's actually funny that you said you got into martial arts because of Tekken. Yeah. You're not the only person who's gotten into martial arts because of video games. Yeah. Jarek talked about he only started doing MMA because he was playing the UFC game. Yeah. And you know my story. Yeah. Like, I grew up playing Mortal Kombat 1, 2, and 3, Super yeah. Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that was my, like, martial arts inception. Yeah. And watching Jean-Claude Van Damme in Bloodsport, he made yeah. the same movie three times. Bloodsport, Kickboxer, and The Quest. Yeah, it's the same movie. <laughs> to me, like, even now, if I had an opportunity to do an underground international bike, like, I probably would have to do it just yeah. to fulfill a childhood yeah, dream. Exactly. But, like, you know, we all get into it for different yeah. reasons. And, yeah, I mean, I, I knew this backstory for you. Yeah. And I, I sort of understood the the gravity of what jujitsu or martial arts might represent to you in terms mm. of your life progression. Because I'd already been undertaking a level of that life yeah. progression. I wasn't a good kid. And even in the point of time that you met me, I was still working some shit out. Man. Yeah, I, I was working out some demons. And it took me to face other men in a cage in order for me to truly yeah. flesh out what those demons were. And figure out within myself whether you know, proving my own worth was worth this destruction that I was causing to myself. And I ended up in hospital. I yeah, ended up I doing that. myself some real harm. Um, but it led me to some great realizations within my life that led me to being a slightly more peaceful character. But all of that being said, even prior to the time that I met you, I was heavily destructive with my behaviors in my yeah. life. You know, I... I had been an athlete since I was a young child. Mm. I had been very socially stunted, I believe, because of that, because yeah. of swimming and because of how hyper-competitive and adversarial I was. Within myself, I knew that, right? Even if I was... I wasn't bad to people overtly no. all the time, but behind the scenes, man, like it, my sole motivation to do things was to beat other people. Yeah. Um, and... That was just the way that I was. And, and it led me to make some really bad choices with the friendship groups that I put myself around because that's the way they saw me, that yeah. they would use me as like the, 
you know, basically like the secret weapon. I'm gonna, yeah. We're going to employ this like like Wolverine, you know, yeah. like Weapon X. Yeah, like, exactly. but um, little did they know, you know, I was I was sort of battling my own introversions and my own um, my own thought processes behind. Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? Like I've been a Batman guy for a long time, yeah. and that's why I actually really hold on to those Batman morality ideals yeah. really strongly because I was very flawed and kind of psycho like mm. I had a lot of mania within me yeah. and I knew that Bruce Wayne did too yeah. and if he could channel it into something that was constructive yes he channeled it into something that was extreme yeah. right extreme yeah, training regimens extreme output extreme performance extreme like um, you know just values in yeah. general and goals like he's on a mission you know a vigilante mission, yeah. but like that was the way that I saw myself. Like, right? yeah. I've got a lot of destructive behavior, I've got a lot of things that I need to work out, but I need to channel yeah. this into something that is morally good. Yeah, exactly. so I'm flawed, but I can still be good. No, that's it. Yeah, and you know, those Batman workouts that we used to do to try and explain that to people is very, very difficult. <laughs> we'll get to that. Very, very difficult. We need like a whole bit, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I had this understanding that I had found, you know, I'd found Muay Thai early, I'd found wrestling early, and those things sort of fed into my competitive nature a little bit, but jiu-jitsu didn't, yeah. right? And jiu-jitsu helped me to find, like, this transformation, this yeah. metamorphosis, this uh, cooling of the jets, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it found community. The same way that you found a friendship group you know, eventually that probably instilled within you a pretty strong sense of why community is important. Yeah, exactly. I knew that jujitsu could do the same for you. Yeah. And that's where it began to happen. Yeah. And so like, I remember when I first started jujitsu, like I was this sort of like cocky, arrogant person that <laughs> was just like, wanted to come in and just win. Like yeah. that's all I gave a shit about. And then, you know, obviously I'm surrounded by a good community of people and like, yourself, Mark Toyama, like all the higher purple belts, all the higher brown belts, everything. And it was just like constantly getting beaten down and then just going, no, I want to be like these guys that just, you know, they eventually I realized that it was like, they, they weren't anything special or they were like not to take anything away from them. It was just like, they put in the time and they yeah. got the work. And that was the first time where I was just like, if I keep training hard, I'll get to that level eventually. Like anyone can do it. And then, um, yeah, that's when uh, I remember it was Alex Malarco who was like talking with you, and I was still very shy. And <laughs> then he like he organised to do the Batman workout with you, okay. and then um, he was like, "Oh, Tony, you should come along." And I was like, "All right," and because like, here I am, this like 17, 18 year old kid, just like trying to prove himself in the world. I was like, "All right, I'll go along to this." I'm super <laughs> nervous, like. I feel like if I rock up and Nick sees me there, he's just going to be like, what are you doing here? And kick me out straight away. Like, I was super worried about that at the start. And I rocked up. Just me and you. Well, like I didn't end up coming. I can't remember, <laughs> I can't remember why. Just, like, I, I Fear. Remember, Fear is the reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember I took the day off uni that day. Because I was just like, I just, you know, wanted, like, I didn't go to uni afterwards. Because we did it like Monday. Every Monday, Monday morning at like yeah. 10 o'clock or 11 yeah. o'clock or something like Cause that. Because I'd just spend the entire weekend destroying myself with like fucked up foods and shit. And then we needed to punish you. Yeah. To, like, <laughs> like self-flagellating <laughs> to get over it. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I walked in and 
you were like you were the total opposite of what I thought you were going to be. I was just like, oh my god, he's actually like really nice, really accepting, and just like welcomed welcomed me straight in, and walked me through everything, and told me like this is what we're going to do. Is this is how you do it? You know, have you done any of this stuff before? I was like, no, nah, I had a little bit of experience lifting. Yeah. yeah, you like took me through step by step, and I was like, oh, fuck, he's like actually being really nice. Like he's actually really caring about me. And then and then you were like, oh, I'm like. Because I'm getting ready for, I think you were getting ready for a fight or yeah. a comp or something at the time. You're like, I'm gonna go. Like, you do you, you know, do as much as you can, and just keep going. And you you went off, you did your thing, and I tried to copy you as much as I could. But there was a part of me that was just like, all right, you're gonna die in this. <laughs> you're like, literally gonna die doing this. But don't not complete the thing. And mm-hmm. I had it in my head from day one that I was just like, I've gotta finish it, like finish what I started and. Um, I was completely trashed. It was like a three-hour ridiculous workout. It, it was. It's wrong. Oh. Like you don't train like that. Oh you don't train like that if you have any longevity. Yeah. It's so hard to explain to people. Like yes, there was a, there's a, develop like a, a development phase where it's pretty straightforward, yeah, but it's all whole, in one circuit. Yeah. There was a whole method to it. As yeah. Well. Like, the I, development phase, which was basic weights phase. Mm-hmm. Um, strength phase strength phase and then, then you broke it up yeah with a little bit of gymnastics yeah I remember you saying gymnastics you like, phase yeah you had to you're tired here and you're fatigued so you need to do the gymnastics here so that when you do gymnastics in like a fight scenario you can still think and perform exactly and like, you can yeah. you can move and be dynamic yeah. but you can be resting and thinking at yeah. the same time yeah, yeah, yeah and that was my whole methodology and this was total batman oh, yeah. like this was batman yeah. i could have like read his workouts out of a book yeah. and then there was a functional phase as well so it was ropes jumps everything that was dynamic and then there was like a uh, explosive power, explosive power phase. Yeah. So you would go through, you know, a litany of exercises that were all joined to each other. No rest, yeah. no breaks. Yeah. And you, so you'd go through round one, which would be standard. Yeah. Round two, which would be endurance. So you'd double the reps of absolutely everything yeah. that we did. <coughs> round load a little bit. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. And then round three would be heavy. Heavy. So you put weight on everything. And you'd sprint. Yeah. And then round four would be sprint. So you'd drop everything down, drop the weight down, drop everything down, and you'd sprint through the entire circuit. And the circuit itself probably took close to an hour and a half to complete just by doing that format and just by the volume of exercises that were actually in it. And then it just became a mainstay of every week. Like I remember that when we forged a bond through that and then we kept adding to it. Yeah. We were just trying to just kill each other. Just like, all right, what more can we have? What more can we do? And then we were just constantly pushing each other. And then after we'd complete it, we'd do carries. So any of the apparatus that we'd had, we'd carry it from one side to the map and the other, and we'd put a timer on it. And that was after the whole thing. And then we started doing like a hundred passes after that, a yeah. hundred passes each. Like, yeah. We just kept adding more and more. And that was, yeah, I remember that was the time where like, I, I never wanted to like, cause I, you know, you came, I came in, you accepted me straight away. And then you were, in my eyes, you were always this like figure that I could sort of like, just sort of like keep up with, but never really reach. And this sort of like, mentor inspiration and every time you kept adding more i was just like yep let's do it like i didn't want to let you down because i wanted to sort of live up to what you were putting out there and then yeah we just forged this really cool bond yeah 
And I think we realized through that, that, you know, because you're not just saying nothing as you're doing this, like we realized through that, that we're actually quite similar. Yeah. And then our stories began to came mm. out, you know, and you got to see who I was behind the scenes. I got yeah. to see who you were behind the scenes, started playing video games together, started hanging out together, started yeah. talking about comics. Like you probably didn't even didn't even realize I was actually that much of a Batman yeah. man until you realized how much it yeah. was the true extent of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, you got to see me rise and you got to see me fall. Yeah. I remember yeah. like, I, I still remember, um, like that day that I found out that you were in hospital. Like that was a pretty shitty week for yeah. me because my auntie just passed away. You ended up in hospital. I was like, Oh my God, like Nick's in hospital. Like I was mm. super concerned. And then I had a car accident that day. My computer failed. Like so much shit happened to me. This is how it all happens. Yeah. Man. And then it just sort of put everything into perspective. I was just like, man, like. I actually really like have a strong bond with Nick and yeah. like, actually really like I'm really worried about you and like I was worried and then you got out of hospital like the next day or whatever and you know caught up and yeah yeah I mean these things can happen I think like <clears throat> you know I <clears throat> I went through something similar mm. with a mentor figure which was Pavel yeah. Pavel Ogoski who was the first person to teach me any wrestling yeah. whatsoever and taught me a lot and, you know, we ended up taking wrestling out of Rikers for a little while and taking, you know, he, he was a huge part of my first fight camp and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And he was a huge part of my life. He hit some medical issues and being the, the mentored kid in that yeah. scenario, I didn't know how to take it. Yeah. I didn't realize how much it was going to affect me to see him going through that. Yeah. But, you know, we ended up coming away and and separating through that process through a lack of understanding probably on my part mm. of what he was going through at that point in time and some something that i remember is when it happened to me and i knew that i had tom looking up to me and i had you looking up to me yeah i ended up having a conversation with you both trying to acknowledge that yeah. trying to acknowledge that hey you know i know that i'm going through this hardship but i've been in your shoes and I know that this is a really confusing and hard time for you as well. But I guess leading by example, good things can happen in your life through your own actions, but difficult and trying times can also occur through your own actions. Yeah. And it took me a long, long time to come to this realization that victimhood was not the life for me. Yeah. Things don't happen to you. Yeah. Things happen because of you. Yeah. And if you take that line, that's a pretty harsh line to take, man. Because things do happen to you. Well, like, let's not, you know, if a tree falls on you when you're walking down the street, like, that's not necessarily your fault. But in terms of your own behaviors, things happen because of you. And if you take that line with yourself, however harsh it might be, it also allows you to open the door into the next phase that if bad things happen because of me, then good things can happen because of me. If I was the root of this issue, then I will be the root of the soul to this issue and I'm going to take steps to do it. And it's very empowering. Yeah. And that's how you overcome that victimhood. I was absolutely shattered that that whole blood clot thing happened and oh, yeah. it took me some serious time to come to some realizations about why it happened and it was through my own action that brought that about that was not inflicted upon me by the gods yeah. that was something that i brought about within my own body through my own toxicity mm -hmm. and i had to take steps to overcome it and repair it yeah. and i did 
eventually. Didn't happen right. straight away. Uh, yeah, Long didn't happen process. straight away. But man, like having you guys there, knowing that you were looking at me going through that, that was a very strong made motivator for me to get my ass in the gear and get my act together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I didn't want to show you that it's just a rise and fall and that's it. Yeah. And it's definitive. You can never come back from it. You yeah. know what I mean? I wanted to make sure that you understood that this is all part of it. Mm. This is going to be part of it. It's going to be part of my journey. It's a shitty part. Yeah. But if this happens to you or if this happens because of you, yeah. you can overcome it too. And I can only hope that some of that was instilled within oh, you through your journey. It definitely was. It definitely was. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, just, you know, hearing that and then, like, thinking right now, like, it's like, yeah, all right, like, you actually did instill a lot more in me than what I what I think you did. Because, you know, I, I remember, like, after we do the Batman workout, we'd go home, you know, we'd eat, we'd just rest and try and recover. And then we'd come back that yeah. night to sparring. <laughs> <laughs> but we'd also we'd also do we also started doing the strength and conditioning classes with everyone oh, else yeah that's right there. yeah and I remember at that time like you were the head guy and I was just your little assistant I would just come <laughs> along and you would be like yeah, can you help everyone you know make sure everyone's doing it right because you know these exercises yeah and then um, then there was one time where you were like I want you to take it and I was like you sure and he was like yeah you take it like yeah you, you gave me that confidence to be like go and take it and I think that was the first time where I was just like, oh, now people are sort of looking up to me. And this was like, I don't know, like maybe a year or two into mm. my jiu-jitsu journey. And that was when like I had people that was white belts like looking up to me and listening to me and going, oh, far out. Like people are actually like looking at me now. And that was like this total shift from what I was. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm always this weak person. Now it's like everyone's looking up to me. It's like, wow, like where have I come from? Yeah. What, what was that thing that I was and now where am I now? You excelled in an area. You excelled in this area and it was something that you showed aptitude and consistency and dedication for and I knew that it was inevitable mm. that it was going to be a pathway that you could use to further yourself even if it wasn't immediate yeah. that people were going to inevitably look up to you and for good reason yeah. and I wouldn't put anyone in that position if I didn't think it was going to be beneficial for yeah. them and it was it was for you mm. because it came back around as, oh, as people will likely hear in this podcast yeah it did in a big way but yeah I just remember like after that that was where I sort of um, started feeling a little bit more confident in myself and I remember like um, then I got my blue belt after that and like you were a big part of me getting the blue belt obviously and Still video floating around of you, like you took a separate night just to whip me. I think it's still out there on my Facebook somewhere. That's a good video. I have to find that. Yeah, yeah it's a good video. Um, yeah, and just like I remember getting that whipping and just going like, "This sucks because I'm getting whipped," but it feels so good at the same time because it's like not in like a. a um, Dom's sort of way it was more just like an acknowledgement sort of way and just mm. being like oh, like I've been accepted by by a group by yourself and by all these other people and it was just like this amazing feeling and like that was probably the first time where I actually felt like really surrounded by people surrounded by good people mm. like I not 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 saying that I hadn't been surrounded by people before, but it was like this was the first time where I actually felt like oh, I'm actually part of 
something and people actually do care. Yeah. Like instead of this like twisted thought in my head where it's just like no one cares about me. Like yeah. why why am I even here? Like why do I why do I even exist right now? Like that was the, the thoughts that I had previously. Now it was like now I have a passion, I have a community, I have people that actually care about me, I have friends, like all this mm. sort of stuff. So it was a huge time, like like everyone no one seems to understand what each belt given to you means and that's what the blue belt meant to me it was just like acceptance i've you know i've gone through all of this shit as a white belt um i've made heaps of friends like it was a real big growth journey yeah and that was the that was the thing with the blue belt and then um that was where i think it was at the end of uni that was where i got my blue belt or towards the end and then um you know obviously i had a strong bond with you and seeing you go through your own troubles and then like helping you make the decision to become a coach and not mm. be an athlete you know and do more coaching like helping like I, I think I remember I had we had a good chat about that yeah and, definitely did yeah. yeah um and then yeah um that was where I first that was where I started my first job as an engineer yeah like um because that's that path right yeah that's the path that you were air quotes meant to be walking yeah. like through the been instilled within you through the structure of academia it's not, not even that it was like my grandparents yeah. my whole family like I was yeah. like, like you, they ask you in year 10 like what do you want to be and I was like I don't know I'm 14 like what how, <laughs> how do I know what I want to be for the rest of my yeah, life yeah th- these are not the questions that you need to be answering yeah. even when you're 18 19 but, 20 like exactly. you're making lifelong definitive answers yeah. and you've you know, they've invested in you as yeah. well. Your family has invested in your schooling and your education. Yeah. And not that they want to see a return, but they want to make sure that that's paid off for you. Yeah, exactly. You know, that it's, it's all meant something. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, like, I remember in year 10, I was just like, oh, I don't know. Like, my uncle's an engineer. My cousin's an engineer. I'll, I'll be an engineer. Like, that's what I want to be. So they put me on that path to be an engineer. And I went through uni, got, you know, finished my degree with an honours degree and then got a job out of that. And then that job was uh, a FIFO job. And I was flying back between Cairns and Saudi Arabia. And originally I was really, really scared to take it. Um, and then I talked with Mike Turner and Mike Turner was just like, mate, take it because you've got this home now. Like this home will always be your yeah. home. And jiu-jitsu will always be here for you. Wherever your life goes, it will always be here for you. And I remember that conversation because mm. I was heaps emotional and I didn't want to do it. And Mike sort of like pushed me to do it. And I was like, you know, he's, he's absolutely right. Mm. I remember when you were doing that and I just kept thinking in my mind, like, Tony's amazing. I don't think I would ever be able to achieve what Tony's been able to achieve. Like you were pushing yourself physically and in the realm of sport and fitness mm and achieving but also at the same time almost you know silently achieved this degree in engineering and then flying back and forth between Cairns and Saudi Arabia by yourself I mean I just thought that you had become a person and surpassed all of the you know the barriers and everything that had been I just I just thought it was an amazing journey but it was really in hindsight the beginning of something yeah because that may have led you to a path where I mean that was your dark time yeah that was your hard time that was my dark time yeah Yeah. and then yeah when I was in Saudi Arabia that was where I like I was so far away from family Mm. friends like people that I've been training with like yourself and just going like I miss this like bond that I used Mm. to have with everyone or still have but like just you know 
because I'd grown up without that. And then all of a sudden I had it and then now it's been taken away from me. Yeah. That was where things started to really affect me and just sitting on Facebook and cause you know, I'd go to work, come back to the hotel room and then I'd sit on Facebook and just look at all the things I was missing out on. That's where I got super, super dark and that's where, yeah, I tried to take my life because I didn't want to miss out on all these things. And in like thinking back on it, I was just like, that's the stupidest thing I could have ever done because then I would have missed out on it hundred percent. And, um, like I remember the two thoughts that I had in my head were like my mum, my brother, my family, my friends, and all the people here waiting for me to come home. And then tomorrow was chest day. So I couldn't miss chest day at the gym. Like, <laughs> tomorrow was saved by a deep pine peck. Like I'm trying to get low curvature. I can laugh at that now, but it's just like that, like that was sort of the point where I was like, okay, like maybe this like, it's not a bad thing that I found this love of fitness and mm. met all these people through it. And like, that was where I was like, okay, man, like got myself out of that state and went, went to the hotel gym that was there and just trained and put on music. It was the worst session I've probably ever had, but it was just like <laughs> worst, best session. You worst, ever best session. Yeah, yeah. Cause it was like, I've got out all of this energy, got out all this negativity. I've come back and it's like, okay, I can sort of think clear a bit more clearer now. And, that was when I made the decision to leave that job when I, as soon as I got home. And I did one more stint in Cairns after that because I'd actually made friends through jiu-jitsu mm. in Cairns. So I, I was like, I'll go up there. Like, it'll be okay. Like, I made, made some awesome friends up there and still talk with them every now and then. And I'd have to go back up and see them again. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so that was my sort of dark time. And then it didn't really stop there because... Obviously, depression and anxiety stuck yeah. around for a long time, oh, yeah. and um, like I remember, like you were one of the first people that I called. Yeah, and it was just like oh, I want to just hang out with you and just talk and just. Mm. And we went to the city and we just walked around. Yeah, we went to comic book stores. We got tea, got <laughs> protein balls. We just <laughs> talked all day yeah. and just spent. We. I remember, man. Yeah, I remember, and a lot. You know, a lot of the conversation was pretty lighthearted but at the same time in my mind i'm like here we go yeah like this is the beginning here we go because you you've had to overcome something harrowing mm. and i began to understand the gravity of the situation and what you had had to overcome but the conversation inevitably turned to what happens next yeah and you're talking about i wonder what what do you want to do what do you feel is strong within you and yeah. it was fitness yeah it was you know, you, I think we came to the realization that, Hey, everyone's going to support you regardless, yeah. but why don't you support yourself by furthering yourself academically in the realm of fitness? This yeah. is what's brought you to this point in your life. Let's go further now. Yeah. And I just remember that so clearly because it, in my mind, I was thinking, here we go. Yeah. This is the beginning. Yeah. Watch what happens now. Yeah. And I'm very happy to be able to say that I was right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you probably were. And like, I, I still remember like that, that moment where I was just like, cause after having taken those strength and conditioning classes mm. with you and like spent all that time with you and like seeing the way that you carried yourself, cause you were a PT at the time yeah. and just watching you and going, he's so like, he can stand up tall with his chest proud, head high and just like confidently give like, like wasn't the commands it was just like support and 
confidence everyone was doing. Like everyone's suffering right now, but mm. you're lifting everyone up while you're doing it. And I was just like, that's what I want to be like. And then when I said that to you, you were just like, what's stopping you? Yeah. What is stopping you? And I just remember those words and I was just like, what is stopping me? Like, and it didn't, didn't take straight away because I did go and get another job yep. as an engineer after that. But then that was the point where I realized that like, cause it was, it was an office job, cubicle, everyone around me was just so negative and didn't want to be there. And I was like, that's not where I want to live my life. I don't want to live, you know, I don't want to come to a nine to five or an eight thirty to five thirty or whatever it was that I was doing going, I'm here to just like be depressed all day and then go home and be even more depressed mm. and just go on this downward spiral. And then yeah, I left and finally bit the bullet and started studying to be a personal trainer. And, mm-hmm. You know, you were probably one of the, one of, if not the biggest part in me making that decision because, you know, of all that time we spent together, training, coaching, just time together, that had a big influence on me on where I wanted to be and who I wanted to be as well. I knew it would come back around. Yeah. And from that moment onwards, it was a slow momentum build and years and years and years of your own learning, your own understanding, and then your own personality. Mm. Like your true personality was given the chance to surface. And mm. as you've grown into a man, you're a leader now. Yeah. You're, you're a role model. And you're a role model because you're so honest and truthful with the things that you do. Mm. Like this is who I am. And you can be exactly who you are and be a high achiever and yeah. learn on a, on a very elite level and perform on a very elite level. And even the way that you... Uh, speak with your clients and the things that you post online about attitudes and mentalities towards things positive and negative like don't take things away from yourself don't demonize certain foods don't demonize certain behaviors give yourself things on your birthday yeah you know what i mean like just things as simple as that where you know I would never have done that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would take everything away from myself and be so hardline and so destructive. You know what I mean? But that's not you. No. Yeah? And you've learned that. And now you can translate that to yeah. the people who are around you. Uh, and I, I remember all of these phases taking place. And I also encouraged you. I mean, jujitsu is always going to be there. Jujitsu is really long form. It's yeah, really cool exactly. like that. Where it's always going to be there. You can always stay in touch mm-hmm. with it come back, give a little here, but you can move away from it at the same time and yeah. find things around yourself that you may not have had the, you know, the even the thought process to explore in yeah. the past. So I think one of the first things that you began to explore was climbing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it was actually Ninja. It was Ninja was, yeah, it was came Ninja. before climbing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, um, like this, so I got my purple belt, I competed a few times, and like won a few medals at Purple Belt as well. And then I think that's like, as you were saying, like that growth. And that's where I started to realize that, oh, like I miss, I'm starting to be a bit egotistical and always trying to chase medals. Mm. And then that's where I sort of felt a little bit of burnout with Jiu-Jitsu. And I was just like, I just want to just take a break for a bit. Mm. And again, it was, it was either you or Mike Turner. that was just like, it's fine. Jiu-Jitsu is always going to be there for you. Mm. Like you're always going to have a home. So I started... I just like stepped away for a little bit, stopped training as much, like gave, like allowed myself to take a break and then realized that, oh, it's okay to take a break. You know, like you don't have to train, <laughs> you don't have to train four hours a day, six days a week. You, yeah. know? you don't have to be ridiculous. Sorry about that. I, uh, <laughs> I, I may have given you the wrong idea about, about training methodology. But, you know. nah, and then, um, yeah, so that's when um, 
right around the time that Ninja was starting to emerge in Australia, yeah. like I remember watching the first season. I'd seen Ninja before, obviously in America. Oh yeah, for listeners, we're not talking about the art of stealth ninjutsu. We're talking about Ninja Warrior. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ninja Warrior. Um, and then yeah, that I, I saw. I'd seen the American version. I knew about it. And I was like, that's so cool. Like, it's just like an adult playground, like an adult obstacle yeah. course. I was like, yeah, sweet. This would be awesome if I ever get the chance to do it. Season one rolled around and I was like, oh, I'm too focused on jiu-jitsu. And I hurt my ribs in a competition that when season one rolled around. So I was like, oh, I won't worry about it. And then season two, like season one aired. And I was like, all right, actually, I want to I explore this. I want to try it out. So I started training for it. Started getting a little bit into it. And that's when um, I did my knee. Mm. So like... I remember just being on the obstacle, falling off, and then it was that same day that you had your birthday party and <laughs> came to your house like limping, and it was just like you just looked at me, you just like, oh, <laughs> what has happened? Yeah, um, still a good night, and then yeah, found out tore my ACL, and um, that was a sort of another turning point where it was like, okay, like I got to put things into perspective again, like I can, you know. Do I want to work out of this or do I just let me defeat, let this defeat me? Yeah. Um, and that was another sort of like rough period in my life because business wasn't going so great for me. Like I lost a few clients and I was at the point where I was just like, do I give this up and go back to engineering? Because PT is a hard life. It's a hard, yeah, life. It's a hard life. It's hard to budget. It's hard yes. to plan because people cancel on you nonstop yeah. and you're like, oh, I had this amount of money on the way in. Yeah, now uh, I've got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> and I can't, where's my chicken? And then, um, like, I was, there was that. I had my knee done. I just gotten out of a bad relationship. Like, all this stuff. Just sort of like, and then I did my knee and it was just like, okay, this is like rock bottom again. What am I going to do from here? And then I just started working on it, started doing the rehab. And I was like, no, I can't let this knee yeah. stop me from doing this. So I want to really try and, you know, make a great story out of me getting on Ninja Warrior. So I just kept training in it and was just like, no, I've got to keep pushing to do this. And, you know, just that hard work ethic that from when we used to train together, I was like, I can't be beaten by this. Mm-hmm. Just kept pushing me further and further and further. And, you know, eventually I, I, I still haven't been on Australian Ninja Warrior, the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> but it got you other opportunities. It got me other opportunities. Like I thought- and I will touch on something very quickly. After that, the knee surgery, yeah. from the outsider looking into your own training processes, yeah. I think you had an uptick in the education of your own training processes after that knee. Yeah. After the way you began to train in the gym every day, the way you began to put your nutrition systems together and your mentalities, I think that took a very concerted shift after the new year. And it's not like we were talking every day in that time period, but I was watching it and I'm like, yeah, okay, so here's the next phase. Here's the next part. Like you were really becoming like um, an industry professional through that time. So you've been a trainer to that point, but after that point, you had, as you said, you had to gut check yeah. And then you added more. Yeah. You added more professionalism to what you were yeah. doing and more detail and, and re- really started to make a run towards where you're at now. Yeah. And yeah, like it's funny that you say that because that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, like let's look at why the knee happened. Like why did my, instead of, you know, me landing on my foot 
the foot bending the way it should have and the knee absorbing the shot or like absorbing the shot the way it should have why did my knee lock out and twist yeah. instead and I started looking at more like mobility and how does this joint affect this joint and just delved into that and then started taking my nutrition seriously because I was like well my nutrition's pretty shit like I looked at myself one day after because I was so bummed out you know done my knee stuck on the couch what am I doing sitting here playing Zelda eating cookies and ice cream that doesn't sound too bad (laughs) but like I remember I remember just getting up off the couch and was just like I want some cookies and ice cream so I put like a bowl of cookies and ice cream and just ate it and I was like I want more so I just kept doing that again I'm so sorry that I I have to take ownership of this because I was known for being an epic binge eater and and to this day I still like like, can't fucking handle myself I still remember going to Pizza Hut together oh no after a competition oh the Marion the the last (laughs) surviving all you can eat Marion Pizza Bar me you Tom Crosby May the whole team we fucking put a hurt on that place but we also put a hurt on ourselves ourselves (laughs) Uh, I remember the was it the bat cave of dessert or whatever you had. Oh it yeah, like, I had like <laughs> it was like every dessert mixed into one yeah. big bowl, and, and then know. I put another bowl on top of it just to encase it, yeah, so that I can actually carry, carry it back yeah. to the table that and eat it. it. I'm like, this is uh, this is not going to go well tomorrow, and it never did. No, no. Lo and behold, I end up lactose intolerant. And I can't have ice cream. <laughs> it's anymore. just like ice cream on top of ice cream with uh, mousse, and then all this. Yeah, I think we can trace it back to that one event where my body was just like, uh, "We're not going to have this anymore because you're a fuckhead." Yeah, like, exactly. That's, that's what it was. But man, I I just think, yeah, just moving forward to what you're saying. Yes, it was your nutrition as well yeah. that you you started to look at but it was your mentalities towards eating that you mm. improved as well yeah and that that was the biggest thing that i discovered and like i started studying like nutrition i got a proper coach who mm-hmm. i'm still with this to this day um and just like learned about everything and that's where i started to make some realizations and i was just like oh you know i don't have to be so damn serious all the time mm. like it doesn't have to be so complicated I'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh you're blessing the curse yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah yeah and then I started to just learn a lot about it and like even now it's like going through this new phase where I'm at right now which we get to um, like just constantly learning and evolving yeah. and going oh it's like a lot of the stuff that we used to do they're wrong yeah 100 yeah and now it's like oh like sound nutrition is super easy yeah look coming to realizations within your life and understanding your own position to be unique is super important like i'm now i think i can't look at my phone but i'm 378 days without refined sugar yeah now i'm not doing that for weight loss i'm 81 right now 80 81 you know that's a good five to six kilos heavier than i used to sit when i was you know 22 uh, and probably 15 kilos heavier than i used to sit when i was you know 18 and and fighting and and being destructive right but guess what this is where my body's meant to be yeah and i'm also intermittent fasting And, you know, I've gotten much more scientific and precise about the way I go about my fasting. I'm not fasting every day. The way that I break my fast is mm-hmm. very important. Um, my preferred fat, so- my preferred fuel sources are fats. I'm yeah. not keto, but I am pretty much fat adapted. Yeah. I make sure that I have a good nutrient profile split. Yeah. And yeah, cutting out refined sugars for me, the reason I did that, again, not because of weight loss, for is for my health. Yeah. It's for inflammation yeah, in my exactly. body. I'm riddled with injuries. 
And I remember being in Greece with my family the day I turned 30 and being in so much pain that I could barely go outside. I'm like, no, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't be 30 years old and, you know, almost at a point where I need a walker yeah. just because I'm trying to move around too much. Like I have to acknowledge that that was the yeah. scenario that was playing out, but also acknowledge that unfortunately because of my behaviors prior in my life where I would binge and purge yeah. and, and I had really dysfunctional um, relationship with eating and food that I apparently couldn't handle refined sugar yeah. mentally. Mentally and emotionally, yeah. I couldn't handle it. Yeah. I've never opened a tub of Ben and Jerry's that I didn't finish in one sitting, yeah, yeah. and I've never bought less than one tub. No, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and-, and it was playing out. The cycle was playing out in my life, and, there, and it was creating negative emotions and, and you know, negative feedback. Um, the first time I stopped having refined sugar, I realized all of the chemical signaling that was going on. And you know, it lasted, I think, 100 days. Yeah. And then I broke real bad you know what I mean uh, because I didn't have the right outlook on it but this time you know I have an incredible support system with Jackie yeah. um, a much better understanding of why I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm only doing it to disallow those negative cycles to play yeah. out again because I know that it affects myself and yeah. people around me it affects my ability to provide for my family it affects my ability to coach effectively because yeah, exactly. I'm always thinking about this thing yeah. this this gremlin that's yeah, in my head exactly. you know what I mean it's yeah. always attacking me I don't and I don't think it's for everyone because I think demonizing sugar is probably bad yeah, exactly. it's like a bad thing yeah. that you can do if you're just a regular human but guess what I'm not a regular human. I understand my position. I understand I fucked up. It didn't happen to me. It happened because of me. And I am the only person in the standing to break the cycle yeah, and make exactly. a change. So that's what I did. I don't preach, hey, everyone who's having sugar shouldn't have sugar. I understand why it's bad for me. Exactly. Yeah. I, I used to be like that. I used to be like, why are you having sugar? Yeah, I remember. Uh, I, I can't. That's silly, silly, silly town. But yeah. um, you, know, you, you do a much better job of all of this than I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? well, um, that's like becoming a better coach came from me learning how to be coached as well. Mm. And like a big part of that came from the martial arts community and yeah. like my life as a martial artist, which isn't over yet. <laughs> it isn't over. It's over. You can't be a ninja and not kick people. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, just being coached by someone and understanding the process that I need to go through, like an understanding. Like, I've been coached before, obviously, but then being coached to that level that someone else needs to be coached, like, well, I'll probably just word that wrong, like, just understanding the whole process and, like, the scientific method of it, mm-hmm. basically. Like, that was what I really needed. Mm-hmm. And being able to just have that from my nutrition coach was like, oh, cool. And, like, then being able to just understand it and then... Not only just being able to understand it for myself. I see what you mean. Yeah. Like being able to translate it to other yeah. people. And yeah. Like I remember someone someone said like, you don't really understand something until you can explain it to a six-year-old. Mm. And that's what I've always tried to do is like, okay, like if I can't understand how this thing works and explain it to a six-year-old, then how am I going to explain it to an adult? And how am I going to explain it to myself? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and then like that's so the big the big shift was that knee was as soon as I did that I was like okay like I need to take take my professional career a little bit more seriously I need to you know just look at what I'm doing and you know I can be a leader and a role model for the for everyone else and like 
you know, I've had this big down point. Now, how do we bring yourself back up? Yeah, how do you get back? How do you get to that next level? And you further yourself. And that's what you did. Yeah, and that's it. And then, um, yeah, then I kept training for Ninja and just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And, then, and this is a very different type of training to yeah. what you've been doing in the past. Much more functional, much more specific. But, like, all the stuff we did in the Batman workout... Yeah, it comes back around. Came back around. <laughs> this was just like... Because we were doing, like... I remember there was one where we were doing, like, archer pull-ups. Yep. And then, like, all the way around and stuff like that. And then it was like, that's what you do in Ninja as well. And it was the same sort of systems. And I was, I was implementing all the stuff that I learned with you in my training and yeah and then uh as part of that obviously grip strength needed a greater degree of grip strength and i started climbing and just sort of fell in love with that as well mm. just because it's similar to jiu-jitsu in that it's like it's a puzzle mm. but the puzzle is on the wall and you have to yeah. use your body to solve the puzzle similar to like every person that you roll with in jiu-jitsu is a puzzle it's just yeah. that they're a movie puzzle and you i've always movie. drawn a lot of parallels between uh climbing and jiu-jitsu for those reasons mm. and also you see things differently like if you are uh, you know you see the human body differently yeah. when you've been a jiu-jitsu practitioner and a grappler you look at it as handles and different ways to express and traverse yeah. and obviously to attack and submit yeah it's the same with a wall right you say you look at a wall or a rock surface like you're driving down the road and you see a big rock surface you look at it completely yeah. differently you look at it as something that can be traversed and interacted with and attacked yeah. and solved and all that kind of stuff yeah, exactly. skaters do the same thing skaters are walking through the city looking yeah. at stair sets like licking their lips like mm, i can do i can create all of these things and now i can interact yeah. with it same as parkour athletes yep same as parkour and it, yeah i think there's something to be said for that whole idea to be able to create mentality yeah like because then you're free Mm-hmm. absolutely free you're, you're never in a position where you're like oh, I'm on the straight and narrow so I'm doing good mm-hmm. no you're looking outside of things completely differently and looking at how I can create and interact mm-hmm. and build and grow and progress and and that is a fundamental as yeah. a fundamental mentality or belief system it's pretty yeah. empowering yeah. I think that's what's really showing in your current day behavior and your, your current day success yeah. yeah it's just creativeness I realized yeah, creativity is a big thing and needing to have that creative outlet as well as like my physical outlet and my mental outlet. Like it's it can all be the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you began to create more with Ninja Warrior. You feel like that yeah. opened up the door to that creativity. Yeah, that, that just opened up. Uh, again, like a new community, a new group of friends that you know, hang out with and talk with and all that sort of stuff and confide with and... Yeah, and then got addicted to that and just another another friend that I was talking to said the exact same thing to me when I was like debating, do I keep going with Ninja or do I, you know, give up and just go do something else? And she was like, what's stopping you? Mm. It was the same conversation I had with yeah. you. She's like, what is stopping you from doing this? And like now, like a few years later, after having trained for Ninja for four years and, you know, gone through that whole process, it's like... The only I've come to the realization that the only thing ever stopping me from doing anything I want to do is me. Mm-hmm. I like you were saying before, like life, it it happens for you. Like you are the result. It of happens your because of because of you. That's yeah. it. Yeah, and like the life is the result of my own actions. So whatever I desire to achieve, I just take the right actions to get there. And mm-hmm. a lot of that came from you. 
came from my friend Crystal, who like, you know, if I want to be this thing, then take the right actions to get there. And mm-hmm. I have to go through all of that hardship, all of that negativity, all those like downward spirals and the, everything that we went through. It was just, yeah, that's what I had to go through yeah. to be able to get to that realization. It's like, whatever actions I take, I better be taking the right ones to be where I want to go. But I think like where you want to go, that is a complete open door now. Yeah. You know, where, where do you want to go? What do you want to achieve? It, having this realization within yourself that life happens because of you, it turns you into a point and shoot guy where yeah. it's like, all right, I'm going to turn my barrel towards this goal and bang, I can yeah. shoot it easy. Yeah. I can just recite and align, bang, and I can just go. Yeah. And I feel like that's what you're doing now. I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of questions I want to ask you. Yeah. Obviously, like how, how did Ultimate Tag come about? <laughs> <laughs> so that ultimate tag came about because um, because of what I was doing with Ninja. Like yeah. I, I've tried out for Ninja two, three times, uh, made it to tryouts, never never actually got onto the show. But then the same company that did ultimate tag, they saw that I put in an application for Ninja and they were like, hey, you want to apply for this? And I was just like, yeah, why not? Like, let's just go and try. Went through the whole process, got accepted onto the show and then went to Sydney and just competed on it and that's awesome so like i yeah just did it for the fun of it because you know i was like oh sweet i get to go to sydney you know like i'll be this will be the first time i've traveled this year because yeah. it was in 2020 um and they the whole process was they'll fly you to sydney they'll keep you there in sydney and you know for as long as you're in the competition obviously i got knocked out pretty early on so originally my schedule looks hard man oh, it was hard. <laughs> um, it, it was hard, but really fun. Yeah. Like I remember walking out of tryouts. Originally, they were doing, they did an interview before, and then you were going to do the physical test. Yeah. But for for our for my group, for some reason, I think they were running behind. So like, I oh, will do the physical, and then we'll do the interview after. Yeah. So they were expecting me to walk into the interview like really puffed and just like tired and not be able to talk straight. I walked in and I was like, oh my God, this is like heaps of fun. We played, we played like five or six games of tag, like oh, cool. running around. Yeah, I was just so like, you're on that high. I was on this high and I was like, oh my God, this is so damn fun. And um, yeah. Like I would be tempted to grapple. <laughs> Probably. I had, I had that thought a couple of times. I was just like, because I, I think I was the heaviest competitor. Yeah. Like there, I was like 87 or something. I think I might've been the heaviest person there. And like everyone was always like, you're, you're a big guy. Like you just rush like rush through the competition i was like i could do that just like run right through the taggers <laughs> and just make sure they can't tag me but yeah so then i did that originally i was scheduled to fly in sunday compete on the monday and then whatever happens from there i would fly back on the tuesday or whenever after that however long i lasted the competition i got knocked out pretty early on but then um i was there with my mate who had met through ninja and both of us were there on our own, like didn't have any support network. And we were just like, we were walking to get breakfast. And it was like, stay with me. Like stay mm-hmm. in the hotel room with me and like, su- like, come, like support me. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, done. So I stayed there and again, forged another good bond with someone. And yeah, that was the whole ultimate take experience. Like 
hanging with him, hanging with all these other people from around Australia. Yeah, all around Australia. That's right. Yeah, and just had like an amazing fun time. That's awesome. That was. That's how it's meant to be. Yeah. That's that's when you point and shoot and you pull the trigger on an opportunity, you will get rewarded regardless of how successful or unsuccessful you are. You open the door to an entire new, entirely new experience and entirely new community. And that was sort of like the. For a lot of people, that was like the coming out party for the Green Machine, right? <laughs> like that's you turn from Red Robin to the Green Machine. It's you know pretty what? amazing. I still, I still hold that Red Robin title like very dear to my heart. It's so. it's very synonymous with you and your character, and you're, you're a very Tim Drake type of character. <laughs> I still have that little Robin figurine that you gave me before I went to Saudi Arabia. Damn right. Damn right. right. I'm pretty sure I took that to America with me as well. Like, hit it in my backpack somewhere. I was just like, because I remember you saying to me, just like, I want you to take this, like, on your travels, like, wherever you go. And, you know, obviously, because we've got such a good bond and good friendship and everything, like, I've really taken those words to heart. And, like, everything that you've always said to me has always been, like, straight to the heart. And, like, I, yeah. Well, I've, I've always felt it. You know, I've, I've always felt that. Sometimes you meet people in your life that you know you're going to have a very strong effect on each other, but you don't know yet. Yeah. But I sort of cottoned onto that very, very shortly thereafter. Yeah. I knew that I would influence you, but I knew that vicariously you would influence me. And you have. You've been a great inspiration. You're an inspiration to a lot of people who are coming back from injury. You're an inspiration to a lot of people who are trying to overcome um, you know, anxiety, mental stress, and possible mental illness as yeah. well. Like this is, This is things that need to be talked about in people who are actually high functioning. You know, you you think you look at someone who, you know, outwardly comes out as depressed in your mind, you think, you know, they're down and out, you know, maybe they're on the couch and they're slovenly and they've got nothing going for them. Man, high functioning people are some of the, the, biggest sufferers of anxiety because they're constantly putting themselves out there they have to put themselves on a pedestal that they will inevitably fall off and the the internal backlash against not hitting your own goals and not hitting your own marks creates this imposter syndrome effect that just keeps cycling it keeps playing out like if i don't eat this meal if i'm not this lean then i'm nothing then my self-worth is all gone i'm a fraud i'm not who i say i am This is stuff that people need to hear. They need to hear your story. And I think this is sort of why our stories have intertwined because we've both had to face it down and we've both inspired each other in different periods of time uh, to find a new strategy to overcome it. Uh, And I think it's it's pretty important. I think the other thing thing that I've been able to instill within you is, you know, simply how to get completely smashed at Street Fighter. You know what I mean? Like... (laughs) Of course, you have to bring that up. Like you just, why can't you beat me? <laughs> oh, man. is it? Have you? Did you learn humility and loss by losing in Street Fighter? Constantly to, losing in Street Fighter. I remember this one time. Like we had to make it a challenge. I had these ghost pepper candies, right? And yeah. I was like, I don't know what was going on. I was like really into chili or something like that. Yeah. And I'm really into chili. Yeah, yeah. And I'd, I'd gone somewhere. Chili Mojo. Chili Mojo, yeah. I'd gone to Chili Mojo. I would always trawl through Chili Mojo and try and find ridiculously hot chilies. But I found these ghost pepper small candies. Yeah, okay. And the first time I popped one, I was like, oh no, no like, this is that. intense. Like, you can't touch these with your fingers yeah, and stuff like that. Bad. So then, like, we were playing Street Fighter at my house. And I started to just, like, all right, well. 
I, I would down like five of these ghost peppers before we start a round yeah. on Street Fighter, <laughs> and I'd be crying, barely able to like see the screen, and just like yeah. still beating. Still beating. I'm sorry, man. Like the, we uh, we went through this run where you couldn't beat me couldn't at beat games, you at anything. <laughs> and then I think the one game that I beat you on was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yes. game, we, and then we were both just like, yeah, it doesn't count. It doesn't, it doesn't count. count. That's not even like the function of the game. Oh man, that that was fun though. Those times are fun. I always oh. cherish those. And we we set up like a a challenge between each other with Pokemon. Pokemon. Whereas we both started a new, new game. game. You started on original red. I started on original blue. Yeah. And we had like a time period set yeah. where um, we were going to battle on Pokemon Stadium after like a month or two yeah. months or something like Just that. See how far we can get into a Pokemon journey with our own teams. Yeah. Just be like, yeah, this is the team that we've got. Yeah, and you put all your stock into a level 100 Charizard. <laughs> and you I knew you were going to do it, man. And I aced it with Blastoise in like two <laughs> shots. But I had, a, I had like a decent team that were all around level 65, 70. Yeah. Right. But the one that came to you somehow was Golbat. Like I had yeah. I made a point to make a bat character. Yeah, you needed the bat. That's... And he had toxic and acid and all those kinds of shit. And then we did play again. We had one more battle yeah. after that that happened a couple of months later. And I don't know what you did, but you must have gone right into the meta of like Gen 1 and just fucked me over. Like you had Eradicate that had Hyper Beam. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I just remember like I had not taken this one seriously yeah. at all and you were yeah. just oh my god so seriously. you had taken that loss to heart yeah. big time and I had a Tangler <laughs> and Tangler was like my last hope yeah. at victory and it was using bind it, it made a simple battle that should have been over in minutes yeah. take like 45 minutes of being yeah. bound by Tangler and I think everyone who was watching was like Nick just fucking stop <laughs> man like, stop yeah. I'm like no Tangler use bind like Oh, so bad. just kept happening yeah I yeah, that was fun that time that shit was fun that as was well fun. we used to have games days at your house and that's why I wanted to have like a games night at my house for my yeah. birthday party and things like, I love playing games yeah that shit brings I, I, like I wanted to do it last year like I wanted to have a big Halloween party because mm. it fell on Halloween like I still remember like the first time I actually got into cosplay we'll get into that sort of thing so, yeah yeah like, the first time I actually cosplayed was that Halloween party we went to at the, the dance house yeah the, the house of the dance house of dance Dan Dwyer and Dan, Dan Norris. Norris yeah, yeah. Um, that was the first time where I was like I'm gonna actually make a costume so yeah. I went and I made a Robin costume it was brilliant too and, and I remember as soon as I walked in I was like I wonder if anyone's going to know which Robin I am and you guessed it straight away <laughs> of course he did. of course of course he knew that it was going to be the Arkham City version of, of course man that's the best one and you know that action figure that I gave you that Arkham City Robin yeah. action figure if you'd have kept that in the box man <laughs> That ended up being super rare yeah. because no one picked it up. It's like worth $335 on eBay now. <laughs> so bad, man. But no, anyway. Yeah, um, yeah you deserved that. Uh, the I went as Batman, right, of course. But I went as Cowboy Batman yeah. from Grant Morrison's return of Bruce Wayne yeah. when he got shot by an Omega Very beam and hit yeah. with the Omega sanction and Darkseid sent back him time. back through time. yeah. yeah. I and he had to travel back from the Stone Age and leave clues. Yeah. And Dick Grayson and Tim Drake like brought him back through time, and then like uh, because it was Omega Sanction, he had like an Omega signature on him that was going to destroy the world when he yeah. actually got back to the current time stream. Grant Morrison, thank you so much 
for affording us the opportunities to dress up as uh, witch hunt Batman, caveman Batman, cowboy Batman, and um, I think there was one more. I think it was like 1950s. Pirate Batman. Well. Pirate Batman. That was it. That was well. it. Yeah. Much appreciated, Grant yeah. Morrison. Yeah, that was, that was some cool stuff. But you did really well with that costume, though. Yeah, that was like the first time I got to cosplay, and I was just like, this is pretty fun, and like, I enjoyed it, like, just being dressed as like Robert and everyone. Yeah. Like, um, I remember um, Ty was Joker. Yeah, um, he did very he well did with very that well Joker. Joker. Alex Ross Joker. Alex Ross I Joker. have to commend him for that. That was good. Um, yeah, just seeing like everyone dressed up, like everyone actually like took it seriously. We all had fun that night. Yeah. Like that was that was a really really good night. I remember that. That was a lot um, of fun. It was such a really good night. And Super then, low key, but yeah, like, everyone went in on their costumes. Yeah. Like real good. Everyone went real. Apart from it. Dan, who was Luigi. <laughs> no, he was Mario. Or Mario. Yeah. Who was Luigi? Someone. Like I can't remember. Anyway, um, <laughs> and then after that, like I remember a friend had, she had a frozen. Birthday okay, party. Yeah. and she was like oh come dressed as like a Frozen character or something from Frozen the movie and I was like I'm gonna go as Olaf the snowman <laughs> <laughs> so I went, I went like I went went off shopping again painted a shirt with like big black buttons on it made a nose and went as Olaf the snowman and then after that that was where I was like oh like, this is actually kind of fun yeah so I and I didn't have a job at the time. This was in that period where I was going between, like, we had that talk. Um, I was like, oh, I want to go to Avcon, like, as as Zoro from One Piece. Yeah. So I spent what, three months making those wooden Amazing. swords. And uh, mum helped me make the whole outfit and the get up, and we got it all right. I did, and my mate organised a makeup artist to do the scar work on me. And, we went as Zoro and Sanji and I just remember that day like I walked in and I was I was super nervous but I was okay because I was with my mate and we were just walking around and people were just all day kept coming up oh, can I get a photo can I get a photo and people were just like super like impressed with what yeah. I'd done and like super accepting of me and I was like oh like I can be a nerd and be cool as well. That's it. That's the lesson to learn. <laughs> and then, like, I remember, like, I remember talking with Tom, and Tom was like, "You gotta go shirtless a few times." Like, show off. You have to, man. Well, like, but your physique and aesthetic now is getting more and more in line with that character yeah, as well. Yeah, and then um, that sort of like that moment, and then I sort of stepped away from it for a little bit yeah. because I got busy with work and PT and all that sort of stuff, and then. It was last year during lockdown when gyms closed. Yeah. I lost my job effectively, and I was just like, "What am I going to do? Like, mm. I'm stuck at home. I'm playing Witcher all day." <laughs> Again, not the well, worst thing to be doing. Yeah. Not, not the worst thing in the world. Worst thing. And just um, my other mate was like, "Oh, I'll, like, I'm starting up this thing called the Fit Gamer," um, and he was like doing fitness for gamers and nerds and that sort of stuff and that's I, a good idea it's a, I was like yeah. man that's such a really good idea and it's like it's so so Jack like Jack is he's going to do it really really well eventually he found out that that's not where he wanted to go with things but then that sort of inspired me and I was just like what am I really good at like what mm. do I enjoy and then that was when I was like hey I could be a cosplayer and like like that's where I've come from like I was this shy guy I was yeah. I had no sort of confidence in myself and I've had to just against everything and I was like I can be a leader in the cosplay world 
and show people that it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be so stupid and complex like some people make it out to be. It can actually be like a really positive and great experience. Like, so why don't I just get back into cosplay and start on, on that path? And doing it well. And doing it really well. Yeah. And because I know you, I, I kind of see it as as the way you're describing that it is really the culmination of a lot of the experiences that you've gone through. Yeah. It's the coming out of your personality and the coupling up with your passions in life. Yeah. Uh, and it's working really <laughs> well, man. Like, I'll make sure that I post up some of the, the pictures that you've released recently. I really like the timeline shots of Zorro. That's yeah. really cool. Your, as again, your, um, your aesthetic's coming more into line with the character. Yeah. But, you know, your knowledge and know-how about cosplay is coming up as well. Yeah. So that shoot that you did as Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, <laughs> that, that is a brilliant shoot. Yeah. That, uh, I'll make sure that, it, uh, you know, I'll, I'll advise people to go to your Instagram page yeah. and have a look for themselves. But I'll also post them up from the Backphone podcast. Yeah. But that's really, it's very professional. Yeah. High level professional stuff. Yeah. That, so that one was like... Cause I had nothing to do during lockdown mm. and like I was growing my hair out cause I was just like, oh, I'm just going to grow a quarantine beard and grow quarantine hair and just like <laughs> whatever happens at the end of it. Um, and then halfway through I was just like, oh, I can actually use the beard for Wolverine and use the hair for Wolverine. And then it just sort of all went from there and I was, and then that's where I started like even learning more about nutrition and like I took it a little bit seriously during that time. Like I got up at 5am every morning. I was like, all right, let's set a schedule, get up at 5am train, do my normal things, like sort of have like a normal work day, scheduled out everything. Um, I was doing a writing course at the time and then I just sort of fell out of love with that and fell in love with cosplay. So I started working a little bit more on that and, you know, just got really involved in that, took it really seriously, took everything super, super seriously and like that was the result, was that Wolverine shot and we took it up in Kaipo Forest, it was a whole like three hour shoot and it was just... I remember putting it together and then seeing the photos I was like, holy fuck, I look amazing. Like, yeah. I, like I, I didn't even recognize myself. No. I was like, man, that's like so damn good. And then I was just like, yeah, let's just do more. And yeah. I started. And you have been now. Yeah. So then like, I like to say like every single cosplay that I do, I learn something new, like new skills. Like, and I started working with foam and that was the, like the second one that I did. It was the first time I'd worked with foam and um, then I'd learned how to style a wig and you know now I'm learning how to um, dye leather and bleach fabrics and all that sort of stuff and it's just yeah like it's really cool to be learning in a creative manner as well and that's where like it all it all comes back from where I was standing there for the first time doing jiu-jitsu it was just like this is all like a massive learning experience and that's what I love doing. It's just like learning and just putting, putting it out there again. Man, it, it all pays off. Too. Yeah. It's all paid off so well. I want you to do, this is me just talking, but like, I want you to do eventually another Robin. Yeah. Right. Another Robin cosplay. Doesn't have to be, it can be specifically Arkham City yeah. you know, Robin. Or it could be like your own version of Red Robin. Like yeah. your own... Uh, like internal depiction yeah. of, of Robin Red Robin yeah. and just have yourself create and express yeah. it because I'd love to see you yeah. do that man some of the Titans Red Robin costumes hood or no hood I reckon you could do that yeah. amazingly yeah oh, that's, that's one thing I wanted to do was like when I get a little bit better at it was like 
go back and remake that roller coaster yeah. and make it a lot better. Um, I've got a couple. I've actually got a shoot next week. Yeah. So, um, new character. You're not going to spoil anything, or are you going to are you going to drop no, a bomb? No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> good, it's, good, it's cool. good. Um, but then I've got a couple other ones after that. Yeah. Where like I know you'll you'll like one. Like you, you love them all. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's me, man. I'm gonna be like, yeah, go Tony. Yeah. I actually want to do like I'll ask you here and now. Like I want to do a shoot here, yeah, and use the gym, use the cage, of course, man, of course, and easy. get like a whole bunch of other people, like all my friends yeah, and stuff, done. to be in the shoot. Like, yeah, because I have been getting shape. because I have, I have, I have like. I like to think of those first five shoots that I did. Yeah, those first five characters. There's one that I haven't shown yet. Um, as like version 1.0 mm-hmm. and this is now like version 2.0 where I'm like alright I've had that little bit of experience let's take it to the next level mm-hmm. let's actually get some like serious shoots done so with this next one um, I have I see I have a lot of characters in mind for you like Ryu or yeah. some Street Fighter characters so I want it I'm, like the one, Vega the one that I was <laughs> the one that I want to do here is a Street Fighter character mm-hmm. I won't say who. Okay, I'll be surprised. Um, but I've ordered everything. Like everything's on its way. It's going to be like here soon. Um, I I feel a little bit weird doing Ryu because that means me putting on a black belt, and I don't feel like I've deserved a black belt yet. Yeah. Like, do you think I should do Ryu? <laughs> yeah, you should do Ryu. <laughs> that's that's base level cultural appropriation. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Um, so yeah, I want to do that. Like the Street Fighter one. I want to do that here because it's a perfect environment. Um, and then there's a Batman character coming. Um, Interesting. I won't do Batman. Nah. So I, I, I can't. You know what I mean? Because I wouldn't be able to do the character justice. I'm short. I'm short and stubby. <laughs> Batman's not short and stubby, no. man. He's tall and broad. He's tall and broad. And, yeah. You need someone who's that. Mm. You know, you could easily do a sweet Dick Grayson. Though. <laughs> oh, so that's. Another thing is I've started doing gymnastics. Yeah. So I started learning how to do flips and tricks okay. and all that sort of stuff. And that came from me watching Power Rangers back in the day. Oh my God. And they're just like flipping everywhere. I was like, I want to be able to do that. Such so a good idea. <laughs> I've, I've, I've actually gone and started doing gymnastics to learn how to do tricking and flipping and that sort of That's stuff. That's awesome. So that when I do do Nightwing, I can do it justice. Yeah. I want to be able to like, because Nightwing is a gymnastics Man, Your Yeah, your body type is really well suited like longer leaner but still obviously really physically fit and obvious uh, like obvious musculature development yeah but in like a in that context in that format gymnastically yeah man that's gonna be excellent so I've like I've started started doing that I haven't been consistent with training because things have been popping up and I've got my back now so I haven't been able to do it so but yeah, that's like later on plans. Was like that. That this is the level that I want to go into. Yeah. Like I don't want to just like just dress up as the character. Like I want to do the things that some of these characters do. That's like, awesome, man. You know, like for one of the Street Fighter, for the Street Fighter characters, like I want to actually learn some of that martial art, okay. so I don't look so don't so I don't look like a dickhead when I'm kicking a bag or whatever. So that's like, such want, an excellent way to think of cosplay. Yeah. Like just an and not only an addition of image but an addition of skill. Yeah, and, and so you actually get something out of every yeah, experience. Exactly, and like I said, like I learn something new out of every cosplay. Yeah. It's like with this, the one that I'm shooting next week. Like I've learned how like better woodwork. I've learned how to dye leather. I've learned how to dye fabrics. I've learned how to paint fabrics. Amazing. Like, like 
how to make foam look like leather and like it's just all coming together Dude, people can't see you right now no, and no. i can see how how much it means to you how animated yeah. you are how energized you are by the whole thing like yeah. that's fantastic man that's a, a huge facet of like you know the anime world and you know as you said you began to do this because of going to avcon yeah like it's a huge facet of that realm that mm. people aren't really aware that exists it's not so mainstream no. like you see pictures of people doing cosplay but you don't realize that it's a thing like an yeah. industry or a community yeah, as exactly. well exactly yeah. and everyone's sharing information and growing and learning together again which mm. is brilliant um, yeah I'm really looking forward to seeing a lot of these characters man I'm going to be right there on ground floor as I usually am being yeah. a, a Tony Caruso supporter Gambit as well I reckon you could do yeah. a sweet Gambit Gambit would be cool as well I don't I don't even think I, I okay all right, I'll ask you you're the professional who, who do you think I would be able to do Probably no one. It'd be really hard. You have to find like a really small mutant yeah. character like Beast Boy. Vegeta. Oh, shit. <laughs> I could do Vegeta could easy. Do Vegeta. All right, that's what I'm going to do. Short and just, stocky. Just, yeah, it would work. Heck, I'll make you the armor. I'll start <laughs> with I'll do it all for you. You can do uh, the, Vegeta. the Vegeta shoot is coming. There's actually, I'm showing Tony a tattoo at the moment that I have on my arm. That is Eldrad Ulthran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be an amazing yeah. cosplay. If so, you could make the entire suit. Oh, man. Like, some of the stuff that I've seen on Instagram of, like, yeah. people doing, like, Warhammer stuff. Yeah. And, like, the level of detail. And, like, these aren't the costumes. Like, I can... Like, some of the costumes I can put together in, like, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Like, if you give me time, I can do it pretty quickly. But some people, like, they will spend a year making the costume yeah. like getting all the details right like making sure every scorch mark in the foam is correct and like it's insane some of the level that they get to it's, I love that man. It's, that's brilliant. and it's so cool to watch because I just like sit there scrolling and I'm just like man like I'm at like the base level like, mm. like there's so much more room for me to grow and yeah. learn and more things to do and like there's just an endless opportunity out there for me now mm. Take wherever I want to take this. And I'm so glad to say you got any, you've you've really proven that you can be a true unique individual in this day and age mm. and inspire others. Yeah, like the passions that you have are so varied and so, and such a litany of skills that you're affording yourself the mm. opportunity to learn and progress in. That when you look at it, when you look at the whole sum of everything, you know, including being an engineer and a fitness industry professional then jujitsu yeah. climbing cosplay gaming no matter what it is you know ninja warrior that set of skills is just a part of you it doesn't yeah. define you because behind all of that is the vessel that's exploring it mm. and that is the thing in that i'm most proud of yeah like when when I met you, the reason why I gave you time immediately right off the bat is because I knew you deserved it. Like, you deserve the time. You deserve someone to invest in you because that's what you've been doing with everyone else. You were investing in everything else. You, and little did I know how much, you know, bit by bit, you started to invest in yourself. And I'm glad that that's become something that has really taken shape in your life. Like, you can hear the whole tone of this podcast is... That I care about. Yeah. So the other reason that I began to really realize 
that I'm investing myself in you and the reason why, yes, because I believe in you. And that is the biggest thing that I want you to take with you, uh, you know, moving forward in your life is that the choices that you make, you know, there's people out there who believe in you. They're inspired by you and they believe in you. And that number of people is just going to continuously grow. And you can count me among them as in the highest order, yeah. the absolute highest order. So what I'll ask you now is, is there anything else on the horizon you want to talk about or anything you believe in yourself that you want to discuss or talk about? Not really. Like at the moment, like for me on the horizon, it's just like, just keep doing what I enjoy. Yeah. Like I enjoy, like at the moment it's like, okay, like I've got this photo shoot. So it means I've just got to focus on that. But as soon as like the photo shoot starts, it's like, okay, like I can come back to jujitsu again. Like I can mm. start enjoying that again. Like my life is sort of set up that I can actually do the things that I enjoy. And jiu-jitsu is one of those that I really enjoy. So I do want to come back a lot more and train a lot more and be back in this world again because I've, I've been away for far too long. And every time I listen to the podcast and every time I, you know, watch a DFC or something like that, so I was like, man, I miss this. I miss, I miss just hanging out with all my friends and, you know, like cuddling. <laughs> Savage aggressive cuddles. <laughs> Not too bad. I just miss all of that and like that's what's on the horizon for me is like I I don't want I've been on I've done things on my own for so long in my life and then now that I'm doing all this cool stuff and with all of these cool people supporting me and everyone like like the girl that's doing my makeup, like she wasn't all client but she's like as soon as I asked her to help me with this, she was like absolutely and she's just like throwing yeah. herself into it and just like you know, number one supporter as well, like with me, it's just like, man, like I've got all of these amazing people surrounding me. It's like, I don't want to do stuff on my own anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to do things. I want to do awesome things with awesome people. And I just want to be surrounded constantly by so many amazing people. So mm -hmm. like, that's all I want on the horizon. You're, you're at this metamorphosis point in your life where, yes, you are doing these awesome things that, you know, they inspire me. Yeah. But you've got people around you who inspire you for so yeah. many different reasons. You're seeing worth and value in people, in industries and in skill sets and in things you just never even looked at before. Yeah. And inevitably what's going to occur is you're going to come to a point of realization where you know that you've got a platform to shine the light on them yeah. as well. And that's the next step. That's what I'm going to be looking forward to. Yeah. Exactly. The, when you really bring the collaboration into full view and full light of yeah. everyone who's willing to look. Yeah, and that's it. Like I, I've got all these like big goals and aspirations with the cosplay stuff, and like, who who do I want to be in that world? Like I, I don't want to. I when I first started, I was like, I don't want to be this guy that just shows off his body and just all that stuff. I was like I want to be this person that lifts everyone else up, supports everyone. Yeah. Else, just, like a leader doesn't just lead from the front. A leader is right there in the ship with them and like walking the path with them at the same yeah. time. And that's what I want to be. I want to be this person that's like going through the same stuff that everyone else is going through. But I'm, you know, I just know a path forward and can yeah. help everyone get through that. That's well, what you're going to be a, a leader that illuminates the entire community, man. And I'm, I believe, I believe that you're going to do it really, really well. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Man. Yeah. 
All right, well, we've been yammering on for close to an hour and a half now, I Tony. So, I told you we'd be here. I know, I know, now. and we came in early for this purpose, yeah. which is great. I'm very glad. And look, you know, we'll probably look back and be like, shit, I wish we talked more about Zelda. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? But we talk about Zelda so much. <laughs> we talk about Zelda too much. Zelda is another one of the, you know, I've talked about it in the past where it's like, I believe that Zelda, especially Ocarina of Time, like it made me a better person to yeah, play it. Oh, <laughs> uh, the conversations we've had about Zelda is just like, especially Ocarina of Time, because we both, it's both our favorite game. Like, yeah. And like the way that we both describe it was just like, huh, I think that's where we both really bonded. Yeah. Because like, I remember you, there was one conversation you were having with someone and you were just like, oh, I used to just like, Go on random walks with a poner and just like explore this part of Hyrule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Let's take a tour here. I was like, I used to do the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's where like, like finish the whole game, but just still just, just walk still around, just walking around. And you know, oh, there's that lake. You yeah, know, take a leisurely stroll along Lake Hyrule. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> just go fishing for no reason. Yeah, I've caught all the fish. I don't yeah. care. I'm still catching fish to this day. Yeah, shit's amazing. But yeah, I mean. It all counts, man. All of this kind of stuff really counts. And I hope that whomever has listened to this uh, podcast today really sort of gets the fact that, you know, people like this are going to exist in your life. Mm. People that you invest in mm. and people that invest in you. And it's worth doing it, man. Mm. Uh, we've talked before on the podcast about forging lifelong friendships, yeah. you know, within jujitsu, within communities and things like that. And I think what this podcast has been today is a true depiction of what that actually means yeah. and what it can actually look like in long term. We're coming up on 15 years of being friends, yeah, but yeah. 15 years of believing in each other and, and supporting each other through the highs and through the lows and understanding yeah. it for each other and caring for each other. If there's not more incentive to be a part of that in this day and age, now more than ever, I don't know. I don't know what is, man. So hopefully the people that have listened to this today can, can really get that yeah. and can really understand who you are as well. Yeah. All the things you've talked about, there's some important lessons yeah. there as well. It's like no one... No one really knows a lot of the true story about you. Like yeah. you're one of the only people that know like everything. Mm. Like you, some of my best mates from high school. That's really it. But not everyone knows the true story until now. Yeah. And look, man. If I had a right to be, I don't know. But I'm very proud of you, man. I'm incredibly proud of you. Thanks, man. I I, I take that to heart. Like it really means a lot. Good because I mean it. I mean it. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, man. Thank is there anyone that you'd like to thank as we go? Um, yeah. So biggest, like my mum. Like I would not be here without mum. Um, mum and my brother. Um, both of them. Like you know, they're so important in my life in everything I do. Um, you. Like without you, I definitely wouldn't be in this position right now because you are the person that. I always wanted to sort of model myself after um, all the good points, obviously. Sorry, sorry. Everyone in the jiu-jitsu community, um, as well as being friends with me, like accepted me over the years as well. Like Mike Turner is another big guy that has been a big part of my life. Mike just happens to be a big guy. guy. Yeah. Just happens <laughs> to be a big guy as well. Um, my friends and just everyone that's throwing messages and support my way, and everyone that's been. You know, when I first got into cosplay and started posting it, I was scared. It's like, mm. people are going to hate it. People are going to judge me. And then everyone was just like, dude, you're so cool at this. Like, yeah. this is so cool. It's just so you. Yeah. yeah. And people were just like, 
keep going. Like everyone that supported me, yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, and I would like to thank everyone who supported Tony. <laughs> everyone who supported Tony because he's well, well worth the support, and we're going to continue to do it, man. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, for me, man. And thank you all out there. So please stay tuned because we're going to be back, same bat time, same bat channel for all the bat fans out there. <laughs>